Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, Jonathan Freeman is behind the microphone and in studio he is a special guest and that is Pamela Holden. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Great to hear your voice, and uh, glad to be uh, here once again, uh, enjoying your your participation and involvement in this great broadcast. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited. I know that you brought Pam on the show today. Why'd you bring Pam on? So Pam is the VP of Alliant Americas. Uh, she's based here in San Diego, and right. I can't say that I've got a long relationship with Pam, but she immediately started having great impact on us as a, a company, and and it really is a uh, I'll call it a segue or uh, a follow-on to another uh, podcast we did, episode 12, which was Managing Business Risk. So Alliant is a property and casualty brokerage firm, and they're full service, really focusing on business owners in the middle market. And Pam, uh, who has been working with us, really brings a unique skill set, which is very different from what I've seen in the industry. So Pam's diverse background comes from her experience in a lot of different industries and really, I I mean, it's amazing. She's got a law degree. She's worked in accounting, uh, insurance, and some of the top insurance uh, companies in the world. And so she brings all that experience to her clients and really is their advocate. And, you know, most company owners, when they think about insurance, they think about their worst case scenario. And trying to avoid, you know, they never want to use their insurance, but they know mm-hmm. they need to have it. And when they do need to actually use it, that's where most people are in the dark. And so Pam does an amazing job shedding light, driving for advocacy, and really helping you work and navigate that process on those rare occasions when you actually have to use your insurance. And that's something that's tremendously valuable as a business owner when you're not an expert and you really need a team of experts to help you, you know, work through those issues. So with that, I thought I'd hand it over to Pam and give a little bit more of her background and um, how she got into this role. Well, thank you, Jonathan, for the opportunity to be here today. Um, yes, I do have a very diverse background, and which I believe lends me to be a better broker. All the, all the experiences I've had have just made me realize what you need to, to know to help a business grow. So with my educational background, I graduated from LMU, Loyola Marymount. I also studied abroad in Heidelberg, Germany. So I was over there for a year. Can you and speak German? I actually I was born there. Oh. Um, so I do. If I have like a beer, yes. <laughs> We're not drinking on the job today. <laughs> if I have that, all of a sudden my German, my language skills come back. Um, so, but I am a little rusty because I don't have anyone to speak with um, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and then, of course, I went to Thomas Jefferson School of Law. And so with that education, I mean, I was equipped to go out into the world. And and my father was a prominent businessman, a dentist in Oceanside. So I grew up here. Oh, wow. And um, he wanted me well-equipped. Sounds like you you did get all that education that really is going to help. Oh, I did. I did. I thought I wanted to be a practicing attorney, but um, I interned in a criminal law firm, which... uh, 
um, was very interesting experience. And then I also um, interned in a bankruptcy law firm. But I, I worked on the Chapter 11 reorganization piece of it. So that was very good. And what I learned there was that I just enjoyed business and um, how can I make people more successful. So I'm going to go back. Um, my first job, actually, in the corporate world was with for uh, a Japanese-owned company. I don't know if you're familiar with La Costa Resort. Oh, I am. I've been there. Played golf there once. Yeah, it's it is actually like running a city. So we had three shifts because it's 24 hours. We had over 1,100 employees there, and then I was in charge of the. I was the chief auditor officer. So I oversaw all the cash that was running through that resort. And then also we had the uh, risk management pieces, which I also looked at and streamlined and just made it more efficient. So I was there for over four years. And then uh, later, I was tapped on the shoulder. A big firm was coming into town called BDO. It was the fifth largest global audit and tax firm. And they asked me to come in and uh, start building the office. Oh, that's so, significant. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of work, a lot of fun. Um, we started with just a partner, myself, and an office manager. And then we grew it over nine years to 130 employees. Wow. I know yeah. that's a challenge. I've been in those kind of environments. Yeah. But you're with Alliant now, so tell us a little bit about Alliant and what they do and how they're different. Well, Alliant is actually, Alliant started in San Diego. It was originally RF Driver. Um, they started in 1925, so it's one of the oldest companies in town. Our headquarters is located in Newport Beach. Okay. Uh, we have over 130 offices, over 4,000 employees. It is, I mean, I just came over from Aon, right. and uh, we have all the resources that I had there. So anywhere from like a startup business to a international company, we have all the resources to handle that. Got it. And so tell us a little bit more about who's your ideal client. Who do you work with, uh, you know, in terms of your specialties or your areas of expertise? Well, as you know, insurance is very broad, very complex. And the, the type of companies that I've been serving are, uh, I would say, high growth, okay. middle market is where my skill set fits the best. And for the uneducated uh, listener, the middle market is defined by what? Um, it could be, it's typically revenue. So it could be usually 10 to 100 million. Okay. I do have clients that have over 12 billion in revenue and also over 100 subsidiaries. So I'm very versed in handling all the scaling from, but you know, my love is emerging companies because I feel with all my experiences in life, then I can give back to them and then guide them. Right. And they're the ones that probably need the help the most. They have the limited amount of resources and they're growing. They don't have the ability to cover all those bases. Yeah, they do. It's um, just like what I was going to say yesterday. I get a call. This one company, the broker did not take care of uh, renewing their DNO insurance. And so it lapsed. And uh, so I said, go ahead, send over the policies. Let me look at what's going on here. And um, I said, well, you know, what's your revenue size? And they said, well, we're $25 million. And I said, this, this 
program looks like for a $3 million company? And she goes, yeah, I told you we've been really growing. I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so we've, we're going to have to revamp everything, you know, try to start conversations with the incumbent carrier and see if we can get their program back going again. And so that once it's lapsed, there are opportunities to come back and get it back active? There are. There are. But, you know, that's the first place you start. Got it. Got it. Uh, so the typical clients that come to you, are they in trouble already? Or um, how do you usually engage in a new uh, prospect? Or new well, client? usually uh, most companies don't know what their program is all about. So it's usually a problem that's arisen. Maybe there's some lawsuits, there's, there's claims, and um, they're not getting service. And for some reason, I get the call. <laughs> so I'm like, you're a problem solver. I think I am. I'm always looking for solutions. And, uh, you know, I try to think outside of the box and see what I can do to let's come up with a solution, and make this better. Well, I know for speaking out of direct experience, when we when we were first introduced, you wanted to look at all the uh, existing policies and came back with, after reviewing it, really identifying gaps, issues that our prior uh, agent hadn't been actually doing an effective job. And really, you know, it's eye-opening for someone in my capacity who's who needs to be cognizant and careful and when claims do arise make sure there's coverage and when you find out there's loopholes and extent you know things that it haven't been looked at in quite some time it makes you really think you need someone on your side that, that's actually going to pay attention to the details well that that's the whole thing it's like we we've been trained to okay we need to have insurance we need to buy this okay if it says directors and officers check we check the box. That's how we run companies, check right, the box. Right. And so we're going, oh, good, we're covered. And then all of a sudden, a lawsuit comes along, and you go, oh, well, we're going to get reimbursed by our insurance policy. And I would say 50% of the time that's not true, uh, because especially in directors and officers insurance, it's very customized, and the language is very important. And it could be one word, could you know, it could cost you millions of dollars out of pocket. Yeah. Well, that's, um, fortunately, we're hopefully not in that scenario, but <laughs> having someone on your side looking at those details is so important as a business owner because, you know, one bad event could literally drive out all your profitability or even put you out of business uh, if you don't have the right coverage. Well, yeah. And then the other thing is, especially when you have your, your current broker that you've had from day one, you have to go and see what the market's bearing. So I just think it's a good practice for a company to every three, four years go out, maybe do an RFP, or just talk to different brokers and see if they have a different perspective and bring that to you mm -hmm. uh, because things are changing every day. I mean, especially with, you know, COVID, things are, there's a lot of different risks that we, we don't always take into account. So that's a great segue into this new world that we're in in terms of post-COVID, uh, dealing with pandemics and what that does from a, a business risk perspective. So given where we're at now, and um, it's an evolving and ever-changing landscape, what are some of the things that you're now counseling or coaching your, your clients about dealing with, you know, pandemic-related risks, or at least just trying to operate a business now that we're, you know, seeing the signs of recovery and things are picking up? Um, are there some things that they need to do to plan more effectively? 
Yeah, there, there are. There, there are things that you can do, and there's a lot of different risks out there. We have political risks, you know, just with the civil unrest up in, you know, Seattle, Portland. Um, there's a lot of claims for bad faith issues are coming. We have um, business interruption, and actually there's five to seven rulings every day. And so you've got the carriers the um, insurance carriers going, whoa, just a minute, you know, we're just, we're paying out. We've had all these, all this weather, you know, and we've had tons of fires in California. So, you know, where's that money going to come from? And so we really don't know what a new normal is going to be. Right. You know, a lot of people are trying to just look at their risks, strategize on what they need to do. A lot of top talent since we've been working remotely, have decided, well, maybe I'm going to go to a different company. So there's so many things going on. And and you just have to try to, you know, pivot and be able to react to a lot of that. Yet, you want to still grow your company. So you have to take business risks. Right. And then you have to evaluate that. So it's it's been pretty crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. So <laughs> that's why... I, I just try to go in there and uh, look at what kind of programs we can get. Mm -hmm. A lot of the carriers are limiting the limits because they don't want to be out there and exposed. Uh, they're looking at upping the retentions at your deductibles. So it used to be like 25,000. Now it's like, oh, let's go 50 to 100. And a lot of um, underwriters don't want to write any risk. So you can go to the market and talk to like 40 carriers and maybe two people say, okay, I'll write that risk. So it's, it's, you're pretty much in the, you don't have a lot of control. You're basically to what the market will bear. And in many cases, your choice and your selection is very limited now. Yeah. So that's what I suggest is that you, you go look out and start talking about renewals six months in advance. Really? That's a long time. Yeah, they're saying a long time. And what you want to do is, especially, I think the owners, the business owners or the management team needs to talk to the underwriters. I think it's important that the broker sets up the calls because you want to be lumped into different buckets. Mm. So you really have to like plead your case. Before, you just filled out an application, that was it. But now the underwriters really want to know who you are, what's your plans, and you know how you can be more successful. That is different. I've never been on a pre-sale underwriting call with a Really? Carrier. No, I haven't. Uh, so that's that's good advice, I guess, or at least that's the new ex new normal. But, you know, that's interesting. And I think another area where I, I've found um, at least the way Alliant or, or you work is that you know, when you're when you're dealing with a claim, having a really specialized team that knows your industry, knows how the the under or the the claims um, individuals look at, at at various claims made, having someone on your side fighting for your case, because when the you know you get a, a notification from the carrier that they're only going to cover twenty percent of all the claims costs, you feel like you've you're now in a corner. And so talk to me a little bit about some of the groups that you have on the, on the claims you know, processing side that really help as an advocate for your clients. Well, you brought up a really good point, Jonathan. It's important now, especially in, uh, in, these, COVID, in these times, is that you, your team, your broker, because 
I can't be an expert on everything, but as long as I can go find an expert and bring them on my team, that's key. So you want to be able, as a broker, to be able to get a subject matter expert by by that industry vertical. So you want to bring them on your team. But then also what's important is having the claims advocacy team. Uh, more importantly. And that's pretty unusual to have that within one umbrella, one roof of an insurance company, at least. Well, yeah, the the bigger firms do. Okay. But what I've seen at Alliant is all those services, like in a lot of the other um, larger brokerage firms, you have to be a certain client to, to be able to use those services at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And here we're able to offer that to all clients. At all levels. That's great. And um, we also have some proprietary risk tools, management spreadsheets we send out, and we learn more about your company. And and um, so they do a lot of work up front. But our claims folks are just unbelievable. They're just bulldogs. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty much they call the carrier and they say, okay, you know, we're on this. What are you going to do for our client? And that's the attitude. And I, and I think that attitude is that way because we're privately held. Um, we there's Out of the 4,000, there's about 1,500 of us that are equity owners. And so we run this like our own you business. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, makes me very happy that we're able to do that. That's, yeah, truly distinguished. Um, and there's you know ownership of client success ultimately being kind of everyone's got a stake in the ground. I'll, I'll give you an, another example. I, uh, I have an aviation company that I do all their insurance for on the property casualty side. They had a claim. Again, I was called because they had a claim that was denied. A helicopter was in a tornado. In, <laughs> Common occurrence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a tornado uh, down in um, Oklahoma. So the carrier wouldn't reimburse them at all even though it was covered. So I was brought in, and um, because of all my background being in court and so forth, I mean, I just did a whole timeline, you know, case study, went through all the language, and found out that the wind was actually a covered peril. So therefore, because the damage was caused by the wind, not rain, sleet, and whatever, they should be reimbursed. And so we went through it, and we were able to win $1.5 million wow. in damages. And that was just to cover the helicopter, or there's more damages than no, that? No, that was just the helicopter. Okay. And um, what was interesting was the helicopter was covered on the property and part of the inventory. So the language was very complex, but yeah. we were able to, to resolve that. So I'm very proud of that, that we were able to do that for our client. That's amazing. Going from zero to 1.5 million just based on hiring the right team. Yeah. I mean, that, it, it's just unbelievable. So we were able to do that. And since then, we are also helping them with their employee benefits plans and because we have concierge services with our employee benefit plans and a lot yeah. of very great stuff. That's awesome. So what are some other you know, recommendations or suggestions you'd have for business owners? You know, we deal a lot with owners that might be selling their business. And when you go through that transaction, you know, insurance coverage and, and dealing with who's going to manage the cl- a claim that might come out post-transaction is often a, a subject of, of discussion or at least, you know, how to deal with it. Any uh, 
best practices around that? Again, it's having your broker, having a subject matter expert on that. So currently I'm working on um, three M&A transactions. And, on the um, buy side or the sell side? Um, actually, two are on the buy side. One is on the sell side. Okay. So, because I'm not the expert, but so I bring in the experts. I've got guys from New York, San Francisco that have you know been doing this for 30 years. So I'm able to bring them in. It's just doing your due diligence. And what my experience at Alliant has been, we bring in everyone. So we're bringing in the attorneys. You've got the insurance folks, we have who's doing the due diligence. It could be an external uh, CPA firm. And we're all on the same page and we're talking about and preparing for the what ifs, right? And so that's just, it's just a lot of communication, collaboration, mm-hmm. um, doing work on the onset before the close. Got it, got it. So uh, any other recommendations you'd have for, you know, business owners on looking how to manage, um, you know, going forward? And I like to say that the top uh, takeaways for 2021 um, in terms of dealing with property casualty and other risks. Well, again, um, I talked about um, what you what you need to do is really communicate with your broker. Um, You need to let them know it's like talking to your doctor. You need to tell them some some situations or challenges you're having in your company. You have to be very strategic talking to them. Um, I would say talk to your underwriters, especially now. Ask your broker, which is me, which we will have talks with the underwriters, especially um, with directors and officers. Policies, so it's just open communication, uh, and and the more you tell your broker, the more they know what new products are coming out into the market, and see if that's a good fit for you. Oh, great! And great. start early, please. Yeah, six months. I got that on my calendar right now. I'm going to six book months. Our, you start early. Book yeah. a time uh, well in advance. Well, Pam, uh, thank you. That's been very informative. Great to get more insight from you, and hopefully, some of our listeners will now be better equipped to deal with their renewal or their next upcoming policy. And I'm sure if any of them would like to reach out and learn a little bit more about Alliant or you, could you give them uh, some information on how to get a hold of you? Uh, yes, you can reach me at pam.holden at alliant.com. That's my email address. Or you can just give me a call at 858-692-6945. I'm always available. It's like 24 seven. Uh, just give me a call. And if you have any questions, I'll see if I can answer. Them for you. Yeah, I can verify that you're around the clock answering emails and phone calls. Uh, <laughs> I, know. From personal I, know. Experience. I know. Well, Eric, why don't you uh, help us wrap this up? Pam's been great. And thanks for uh, being here to help us host the show. Absolutely. I love this. Uh, what a great conversation you guys had. Uh, again, I learned a lot, and I like to hear victories like that. The helicopter story, those are the types of things that I know that, Jonathan, you like to help your clients with, uh, victories every day, and obviously you bring on great guests that do the same. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for bringing Pam on. Pam, thank you, of course, for being on the show. And, of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the Subscribe Now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. 
and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.